guys, it is Amanda and Barron, and we are back. Our sponsor of this whole second half of the show is Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. She is currently fighting her own battle with breast cancer, so please make sure to continue to keep her in your prayers um, and in your thoughts. We know the power of prayer, so please, please continue those prayers. Um, If you are looking to buy, sell your home or just not sure where to start, you can reach out to her and she can answer all of your questions. Her number is 503-409-4389. All right, let's pick up where we left off. We opened nursing conversation at the end there, didn't we? We did. Can I weigh in really quickly on something personally? I've known Marianne since junior high, and it was great to see her at the event that the electric acoustics play at the honoring event yeah at the what what is it with the eola winery or the yeah. shemekita i think it's a shemekita school yeah. anyway they... it's great to see her and dan there and and uh marianne if you hear this i hope you're doing well mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i do pretty... i do remember when we got there she's and they're amazing. like hey we've known each other for a long long time <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was super fun i it something occurred right after world war ii and mike and i were having this conversation a few weeks ago and i thought we could walk through a little bit of timeline okay because, for the listeners that are just jumping in, right at the end of the last show, um, we talked about this childhood cancer and what's going on and what's causing it. And, and you made an interesting statement. Is it something that the moms are concerned Yeah, like how, how yeah. And, and again, I don't want any of the listeners to miss what I'm saying. I'm, trying to, I'm not trying to blame any mom for anything that she did. But there are things that she did that she didn't know she was doing. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so what he does say back in the book... He says, the rise of childhood cancer and other degenerative and immune diseases began in the 1950s. Okay. So if you could get a chart and run it back to like 1900, it's going to be a relatively flat line until about 1950s. Then it's going to start climbing like this. Mm -hmm. Because after World War II, all these guys come home and then the boomers, the booming generation starts. And so all you've got all these families with little kids houses became a really big deal. Everyone wanted a house. And what they want, they wanted a lawn in front of their house. And cars became a bigger deal because, you know, we had begun to uh, mass-produce cars. Mm -hmm. Well, then drive-in theaters became a big deal. Place to go sit in your car and watch a movie. Right. I do miss those. I I know. know, They're fun. (laughs) And then restaurants said, well, you know, if we put a window on the side of the restaurant, you can drive past the restaurant and we'll hand you the food to your car okay so a lot of these that we think as normal except for the drive-in theaters <laughs> they all start in the 50s with this rise of people in our society yeah right uh, yeah but it says at this time dietary habits began to change dramatically when a high protein high fat diet became standardized in the united states and most of the industrialized worlds most of europe went the same direction Chemical agriculture replaced organic farming, and grain and flour products were increasingly refined. Commercially prepared fast foods replaced home cooking, and modern advertising elevated sensory appeal and satisfaction. So we take this product that through the 20s and 30s and 40s, mom would get in the house and she'd make your meal for you, but then we said, well, let's just standardize it and mass produce it right right except some problems began to occur because of that mm-hmm. and mike has some really good theories on this well i won't say theory i'll say correlations things that i've read um that experts 
have studied for decades, some recent, some going way back. Um, going to your point about World War II, I read something earlier this morning, and this is about heart disease, but I'm sure it goes to other uh, degenerative disease, diseases as well. In Norway, prior to uh, World War II, leading up to about 1940, they had very high incidence of heart disease. Then World War II started. The Germans confiscated most of their livestock. So the Norwegians had to convert to what they had, which was plant-based diet primarily, and incidence of heart disease went down many-fold and then returned to where they were pre-World War II levels once World War II was over and they returned to their former diet. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm sure there's a correlation there with, oh, with yeah. other degenerative diseases as well, not just heart disease, because they all got to go hand-in-hand. Hand. Hand hand-in-hand, yeah. absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and the other thing that I found interesting in, in, in this article is you've got a house, but now you've got lots of houses. Everyone, you're building these whole tracks of houses, right? Before that, you would just go plant some seeds. You didn't have a pretty lawn, but you had a lawn. Right. But we want our neighborhood to have consistently nice green lawns that are all about the same length. Well, how do you do that? How do you get grass to grow consistently at the same color? Oh, artificial chemicals. Yeah. Sure. Kind of like the, well, you'll talk about that later. No, go ahead and talk the, about that. McDonald's french fries. Oh, we'll, we'll bring that one back in. Okay. You, yeah. Anyway, th there's a little yeah. tidbit for later. Uh, there's something I brought up uh, this morning and, and it says, well, agriculture uh, has traditionally been, or the pesticide use in agriculture has been traditionally related to illnesses. It says 26 of 40 commonly used lawn pesticides and 28 of 40 commonly used school pesticides are also linked to cancer. So that goes to your point about the lawns, but school pesticides. And there's a link here that takes you to the whole list of them. Um, and I, I can share that with you, and you can share it on the blog if you want. Well, I just gave this to Amanda, so she has that for the listeners to... to Yes, so if you yeah. guys want a copy of this, I can snap a picture of it. So email me, Amanda, at kslm.news. Um, I'm going to snap a picture. Go well, ahead. Sorry. And what's interesting, sure. like what you just brought in, that list of cancers, and that, there's a lot of cancers inside that that you just brought in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I won't even start to talk about them because there's too many, but there's dozens there. And it says, uh, uh, even with the growing body of evidence linking environmental exposure to cancer, a report released back in 2010, so this is 13 years ago, by uh, this was President Obama's cancer uh, cancer panel, finds that the true burden of environmentally induced cancer has been greatly underestimate, underestimated. The panel's report concludes that the harm from carcinogenic chemical use has not been addressed adequately by the na nation's cancer programs. So I don't know how much has been followed up with our you know government organizations trying to learn more about causes and um, and prevention, but that's kind of damning. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. 13 years ago, there's a panel pulled together to look at pesticides. The fact that 26 of 40 lawn pesticides were being linked to cancer. 26 of 40. Jeez. Were being that's linked over to half. Cancer. Way over half, yeah. yeah, of lawn pesticides. And so a great example, people will probably see this on the TV, Monsanto is currently being sued. If you have blood cancer, they're actually now linking blood cancer to Roundup. Okay. Roundup is a pesticide that you spray around your lawn to kill the grass so that it doesn't get inside of your swimming pool yeah. yeah and the and the active ingredient that big concern is is glyphosate which has been found in just about every organism on the planet now 
Yeah. It's it's the it's just permeated our entire food supply just about. Mm-hmm. So you you, you mentioned uh, a word. And uh, there's a graph here. Once again, we'll let Amanda take a picture of this graph. So go back to that for a second, Mike. Glycemate, what exactly is that? Gl- well, glyphosate is, uh, I, I'm not a chemist. I'm not going to pretend to be, I, I will not BS an answer. It's just the active ingredient in Roundup that's responsible for killing plants, right. unwanted plants. Right. Um, unfortunately, it kills wanted plants and, and apparently other, other organisms as well. Right. But the interesting thing about this graph, and again, the listeners can't see it, but you can always email Amanda, is a graph that goes back to 79, Mm -hmm. and then it runs through 2011. And in the graph, and maybe you can explain this better, Mike, because you were... You were describing it to me, so describe it to the listeners. Okay, well, from the best I can make out, in 1979, they used about, and this is in just glyphosate use on corn and soy, about 82 thousand tons no they used about 1,000 tons in 1979 now it's up to 82,000 tons that was 2011 yeah wow so an so 8,200 percent increase in the use of glyphosate and this is in relation to they call it age-adjusted deaths from senile dementia oh. so there's a link to dementia yeah. uh, potentially as well but what's intriguing about this graph as Mike said there's been a massive increase in use of this mm-hmm but you also see a massive increase in how it's affecting dementia. Yeah. Um, the other one, the other graph that's on here, is talking about uh, food, unrefined food. And there's a direct correlation between countries that do not use unrefined mm-hmm. foods and have disease. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all they're, they're all very interconnected. And I think a lot of this started when we began industrializing our society. I agree. Right, so that we could have some. We, we we're trying to find a way to feed a lot of people because of the baby boomer generation, mm-hmm. and we wanted some consistent look in our lawns. But we did that at what price? What price are we paying now, seventy years later, for decisions? That we're making? Right, and I'm all for capitalism. I like capitalism. I don't like it at the expense of our health. Yeah, and our agricultural industry has turned into uh, it's for profit. Uh, it's not for health, and we have went from mostly small local farms to big ag. And there's some stats here. We won't bore the audience with the stats, but it's a very large Industry. turning of the tables yeah. of what how we used to grow our food and get our food, and how quickly we would get it, how nourishing that food was compared to what we get now. Mm-hmm. There's a phrase that you've used for a while, that there – their profits are more important. How do you say that? Oh, gosh. Um, they care more about their wealth than our health. Yep. Oh, that's more a great tag. Mm-hmm. More yeah. wealth than our health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Mike kind of alluded to this a little bit ago. Uh, I was doing I was doing some research and watching this video. And talk about a very interesting industrialization of one particular product and how it changed an industry to get there. Okay. Okay. If anyone's gone to McDonald's, yeah, the boxes are a little red box, mm-hmm. and the fries are all about the same size, mm-hmm. and they kind of make this nice little bouquet of French fries that come out of the box. Right, looks like a little French fry choir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The problem is, if anyone's gone to Five Guys, who does French fries too, well, they take the French fry and they cut it. They take the potato, cut it for you right there, and they actually look like a potato that's been deep fried it's brown you know right they don't like mcdonald's french fries at all and there's a reason why mcdonald's french fries look that way 
Okay, spill. Are you ready? I am ready because it doesn't <laughs> affect me because I don't eat fast food. Good. There you well, go. Anyone that listens to it will probably stop eating McDonald's French fries. I hope I so. I hope so, yeah. No I doubt. truly <laughs> do. That is bad. So McDonald's only uses one type of potato. It's called the russet Burbank potato. It's grown in Idaho. Okay. The reason they use that potato is it is the, the longest potato. Mm-hmm. So they want long French fries. Right. Right? So they only use one type of potato. But they also don't want any of those little brown spots on their french fries. So they probably, what, bleach it? No. Oh. What causes that little spot is a little aphid, a little bug, that goes out there in the fields and starts to eat it. Mm-hmm. Now, there's lots of ways to get rid of aphids. Like you were mentioned. Ladybugs. Ladybugs. Oh, yep. Except. Yeah. Probably take a lot of ladybugs, but. <laughs> That's all right. Probably takes a lot of whatever else they put in it to, to do yeah. what they do, too. So yeah. right. I, I'd rather go with the ladybugs. Yeah. But, but they have a faster way than ladybugs. So they go out and they spray the field with a chemical called Monitor, which is actually made by Monsanto. Which is who? Roundup people? Same Roundup people. Okay. Big company that makes Roundup. They also make Monitor. They spray these fields in Idaho with this Monitor to kill that aphid. Because mm-hmm. the aphid's going to eat the potato, which is going to create these little blemishes, right? Except... Monitor is so toxic that the farmers will not even venture out of their house for five days. After they spray it because it's that toxic, huh? Yeah. But let's digest it and eat it and put it in our bodies. Yeah. Sure. Sounds fun. And then once they once those five days go by, then they go out in the fields and they harvest all these potatoes. Then they take them into a shed that's about the size of a football stadium mm-hmm. so that they can then air out. They call it... Um, off-gassing. Okay. So that chemical in the potato now has to get out of the potato. It's got to go somewhere. So they have this massive shed, and they sit in there for six weeks. To air out? To I, air want, out. I wonder if you have to wear a hazmat suit when you go in that right. shed. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know, but yeah. I'm going to look it up. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. So then, once we have five days so you can go harvest the potatoes and six weeks of off-gassing, then they're sent off to some place to then begin producing a French fry that looks consistently the same mm-hmm. and then goes out to all the McDonald's. Franken fries. Franken fries. Okay. And the, the person who I was reading this to, he says, to create a certain type of meal, a certain kind of fry, we literally industrialized an agricultural system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, have you seen that? Um, is it, What's that movie? Supersize Me? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. they actually leave a McDonald's fry in, like, they don't touch it, and it doesn't change. It, does, it doesn't mold. It just stays. Yep. Right. It's Twinkies insane. and other stuff do that, too. All the preservatives. and It's... Mm. Yeah. I, I don't do fast food for those reasons, is it's just, you, just loaded with chemicals. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think we live. I, I've called it a fast food society or fast food drive drive through society that we have for just about everything now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Just I want it. Yeah, I want it yesterday. FedEx yesterday service. Yeah. Okay, I'm I mean, guilty on that one. Well, <laughs> I'm just but kidding. I mean, we, but <laughs> yeah. we're so impatient. We want we things, instant gratification. Yeah, and it's at our own demise. It is, and it, that's a great way to say it, Mike. It's at our own demise. It is. Um, the last piece that happens with that French fry. So, again, let's go back to the start. We have a farm in Idaho mm-hmm. that grows a russet potato. And russet potatoes are, you were telling me, sort of like they're really high. They're the highest uh, glycemic index 
potato, I think. Yeah. Yeah, least healthiest. Then they sit around for how long so they don't have any, they lose all, lose all their nutrition value. But they're also the least expensive when you go to Safeway or Fred Meyer. They're an inexpensive potato to buy, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and so you, this potato sits there in Idaho. They're produced a lot of them because they're, they're inexpensive. We can get them in the grocery store. They're not healthy for us, but they're inexpensive. But then this farmer in Idaho gets a contract with McDonald's. We're going to buy a bunch of your potatoes. But in order to do that, you have to spray them with this chemical to kill the aphids. So don't want out of your house for five days because it'll kill you too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then after we pick your potatoes, you put them in this shed for six weeks so that, that chemical can get out of your potatoes. And then we'll send them off to get sliced up. The last step is before we put them in the fryers, we're going to take those sliced up potatoes, the French fries, we're going to soak them in sugar water. Sugar water? Sugar water. And then we're going to flash freeze them. So they can be sent off to the McDonald's all over the world. So they flash freeze them to preserve the sugar, which is part of the flavor, I'm assuming? No, it's the addiction. That would, oh, okay. Yeah. So the reason people just love Down their, the McDonald's rabbit hole. Yeah. I guess I There's didn't no, nothing even good on, about it. That's right. It didn't even dawn on me, but when I do my mashed potatoes, I do put a little spoonful of sugar in the water. I was always taught that, and I didn't even... But see, a little spoonful of sugar is going to give your potatoes some, some flavor. But they don't soak in it No, they forever. they They cut these potatoes, and they soak them, and they only... Yeah, there's some flavor reasons, but the biggest reason is that it's, sugar is yeah, addictive. Yeah, it's addictive. I just use milk, butter, and garlic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> garlic. Mm-hmm. Not pepper, but lots of garlic. <laughs> Whipping cream is a game changer instead of milk. Whipping cream? Yeah. Okay, that's got a bunch of sugar in it. Doesn't it? Hmm. Moving on. Okay. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> Foot and mouth. <laughs> so, so I just thought it was intriguing that, you know, Mike and I have this discussion about the industrialization of our society. And, yeah. And where we've actually come to get to where we're at now in an effort to try to feed millions of people because the boomer generation is a big generation. Mm-hmm. What, what price are we paying for that? Yeah, here's an interesting stat right here. Although small farms make up 70, they make up 72% of all farms, small farms, private, they occupy just 8% of the agricultural land. Whoa. In contrast, large industrial farms, which account for only 1% of the world's farms, occupy 65% of the agricultural land. Wow. So, buy local. Buy local. buy local farm. Go to your local. Go to your something. absolutely, yeah. And and, and farmers yep. market at Saturday markets here now. There's a Willamette Valley Bank plug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome, Jane. You're welcome, Jane. <laughs> um, wow. When you put it in perspective like that, that's so. Read read those stats one more time, Mike. That's really intriguing. Okay, uh, small farms make up seventy two percent of all farms, yet they occupy only eight percent. Of all agricultural land. In contrast, large industrial farms account for only 1% of the world's farms, yet occupy 65% of the agricultural land. So you have, you have a company that owns millions of acres, mm-hmm. right? So it's a very small percentage of the farms because they own so much land. General yeah. Foods, Nabisco, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go to... How frustrating. Mm-hmm. That frustrates If you me. go to Saturday Market here in Salem, 
and go to any one of those little booths, they're a, they're a local, local. farm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But they probably only have 20, 30, 40, 50 acres. Right. Yes. Whereas these farms that Mike's talking about, they have millions of acres. It is a big business. It yeah. is. And it forces it forces local business out, just like the other big box stores yeah. force your other local mm-hmm. uh, vendors and services out of business. That's what these huge farms do. The frustrating part about that is, too, is that the smaller local places, they actually care. They put their heart their blood, sweat, and tears and their heart and soul into what they do versus the big guys, they could care less. And they're multi-generational. Yeah. 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 You got a bunch of suits running. Exactly. Suits answering to shareholders. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I love to go to Saturday's Market and I love to get some fresh tomatoes. And Mm -hmm. it's amazing when you go to Saturday's Market. Those tomatoes are just really weirdly shaped tomatoes. They're not like perfectly round. But if I go to Costco to get my tomatoes, they are all perfectly round tomatoes. Guess what? Tomatoes don't grow perfectly round. No. They grow like the ones you see at Saturday Market. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Absolutely. Well, I did want to bring you a story in our timeline. Okay. Unless Mike's got some other amazing information to share. You only got a if few I minutes. If I do, I'll throw it in at the end. Go okay. ahead. I'm just a guest. Yo, no, I love your... But I appreciate you having me here. Thanks. Oh, I just love your information. If I take you back to early 2020, I talked about the fact I going. I went to Arizona and did the rock and roll run down there. Yeah. I had gotten a message from somebody on Facebook that wanted to talk to me, and this is early in the organization, so I was like leery to who I was visiting with. But I realized this is like a legitimate person. And so she and I had this conversation. She lived in Olympia, Washington, and was a breast cancer survivor. And we arranged when I came back, this would have been like about March 2020, that I would drive to Kelso. We would meet halfway. And she has a support group up in the Seattle area. But I wanted to share her story. Because okay. I just thought it was intriguing that here's this lady in Seattle that's formed something up there. And we were able to connect early on. And she she puts information on Facebook all the time. She's very well researched. But you'll understand why in a second. Okay. So she says in 2010, she was a self-referral to a clinic oncology. So she realized there was a problem, and she referred herself to go in and get checked. Um, she was diagnosed with stage 2A, so very low-grade breast cancer, put on chemo and radiation treatment. Um, she says over the course of her care, she didn't like the side effects of the chemo, so she kind of weaned herself off from it. Okay. <clears throat> in 2014, four years later, I had a re-diagnosis from stage 2A to stage 4. Whoa. Uh, I was told that I had slipped through the cracks. In other words, her oncologist forgot to pass her records along to somebody else. Oh, my gosh. Um, Later, I found out that my first oncologist had been asked to leave the group that he was part of, and her records didn't get passed along. Um, it, It changed me, my impetus for my health and welfare, I have worked diligently to educate myself. I have purchased professional literature, searched periodicals, consulted with other professionals. To my greatest accomplishment, start a psychosocial support group, which is how she and I met. Um, But she was just proof that you have to take health in your own hands. Yeah. Because in the efforts of moving from one oncologist to the other, her records got dropped. And uh, Karen Gibbs was one of the very first connections we made outside of the Salem area. Okay. With this lady in Seattle. That's cool. I know. 
don't know. So I just give her a little shout out here yeah, for what she did. Absolutely. But we've got another minute or two, Mike. What else have we got to shock us with? Anything? Well, I would just I would just finalize what I have to say that you have to be an advocate for your own health. So make mm-hmm. decisions. There's information out there. Um, do the right thing for your body. You, you know, only got one of them. You only got one of them. It literally is your temple. Yeah. And uh, take care of it. And um, there's resources out there if you are there if you are sick, like kicking cancer um, and other organizations, you know, to find your support. Um, but there's resources for you out there. And if you aren't ill, stay that way. And yes. Do the right. Just try to treat your body well. Absolutely. Yeah, know what you're putting in it. Uh, the last thing I'd like to say is that, Baron, we're going to do um, the T-shirts. Yes. And have those available at your store, and, and I don't know if they'll be real online soon, or not. Real soon, But maybe you can talk a little bit about that, but that'll be uh, Michael Lowry Real Estate, uh, and you can talk about the shirts. He's designing a shirt on the front of it that says, you know, his logo with the, with his real estate, mm-hmm. and on the back of it, it's going to have a Kicking Cancer logo and a really fun saying, and then Michael will sell them, and we'll sell them through our store, and proceeds will then support the Kicking oh, Cancer. I love it. That's yeah. awesome. That's super cool. Yeah, and watch, I did it for with another, Liberty. watch for another beer, too. Yeah, I okay. did that with uh, Liberty House, and it went really well, so I can't wait to do it for you. That'll be great. Thanks, That's Mike. That's awesome. Appreciate it. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up here. Huge shout-out to our sponsor for the second half. Excuse me. Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. Make sure to continue to pray for her, you guys. And if you have any questions on buying a home, selling a home, or just not sure where to start, she can be reached at 503-409-4389. We'll be back next week. As As the the movement movement continues. continues.